You're listening to the Art of Living Well podcast with Father Ian Van Heusen. Welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. This episode, Father Ian is talking about the psychology of sin. It's a commentary on the philokalia. I probably said that wrong, but we'll let him explain it. So he'll be discussing some of the passages of the classics of Eastern Christian spirituality, the Philokalia, specifically a work by Evagrius the Solitary. Enjoy! Hi, good to see everyone here. Father Ian Van Heusen, The Art of Living Well. What I want to discuss today is I want to get into the psychology of sin. I want to discuss um, a work uh, of Eastern Orthodox spirituality called the Philokalia and kind of flesh out some passages and kind of have a conversation to try to recognize the work of the enemy. Now, I'm going to integrate this with St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in the Western tradition. So I'm reading them as all as fundamentally in harmony. That is that they're describing the same experiences. Now, the concepts may not be exactly the same, but I will say there's a lot of similarities. So I'm getting into is the psychology of sin. Let's jump into the commentary. So um, the first is going to be, it's going to be, all of them are going to be from this work, the Philokalia. It's from Evagrius the Solitary, and it's a work called On Discrimination. Now, when he uses the word discrimination, he's not talking about racism. He's not talking about anything like that. He's talking about discerning and discriminating thoughts. That is discerning what's the work of the Holy Spirit and what's the work of the enemy. Now, in this work, he's primarily concerned with identifying and overcoming thought traps and the work of the enemy. Now, if you integrate it with St. Ignatius, we will say that there's consolation and there's the work of the Holy Spirit. His main emphasis, using the language of Ignatius, is desolation or the work of the enemy or the work of the demons on the human heart. So let's jump into the commentary. So this first part, um, let me pull it up. He says, man cannot drive away impassioned thoughts unless he watches over his desire and his incessant power. So he seizes the main problem, what he calls passionate thoughts, impassioned thoughts. Now, this isn't that all emotions are bad or that if we ever feel strong emotions that we've somehow sinned. But what it is, is, and he's going to flesh this out in a lot of other parts. And we're going to see this theme come over and over again. When there's disordered emotions, that is, we're too angry. Even if we are too excited about something, if something is moving us beyond reason and our emotions hijack our reason, that's the problem. Also, he follows a tripart division, which is common in the, the Greek and the Eastern fathers, but it's also common in Plato and, and the, the classics of Western, is there's the reason, and then there's the, the difficult emotions, and then there's the more immediate emotions. Um, the immediate emotions are love and hate. So we love things, we're attracted towards them. Hate, where we're, we reject things, we're repelled by them. And then there's the more difficult emotions, which are things like anger, frustration, um, the more is it's the more, um, the, the difficult, the task is that, that, that we need those more difficult emotions. So when he says desire and incessive power, desire refers to the simple emotions, love and hate, and those connected with them. 
the incessive power relates to anger, fear, courage, and the more difficult emotions that help us to overcome more difficult things. And there's also reason. Next he goes, he destroys desire through fasting, vigils, and sleeping on the ground. So to, and what, what this is actually getting at is to help educate our, our, our love for pleasure and our love, our physical love, our, our, our kind of more animal instincts. We need to embrace involuntary discomfort. So there's prayer, there's fasting, but also if you're a student, embracing your study, there's a certain kind of asceticism with study, embracing the tasks that are difficult. And, and St. John of the Cross, he would put it this way in, uh, in the Ascent of Mount Carmel. He said, endeavor to be inclined always not to the easiest, but to the most difficult. Now, this could be misunderstood. Um, it could be misunderstood in a lot of ways that um that that uh we 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 uh we could be weird about it but what we should look at is we should regularly embrace discomfort and the more we learn to deal with and embrace discomfort that helps train our love that helps trains our our, our simple emotions then he goes he he tames his incessive power the the most difficult emotions through long suffering, that is the idea of enduring things. The more we're willing to endure, the more we can be more patient. And patience is tied with the 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 the, uh, the difficult emotions, forbearance, forgiveness, and acts of compassion. We need to forgive those who who've done us wrong, but also acts of compassion. And I thought about this: is cultivating mercy. Our Lord says, "Blessed are the merciful." for they shall obtain mercy. What does this mean? This means the more we learn to cultivate thoughts of mercy, of patience with others, the way the saints often put this is we recognize how much we have been forgiven and we learn to be more forgiving with other people. That experience of mercy, that's going to help us overcome our anger and our hatred. So he goes, for these two passions are connected all demonic thoughts, which lead the intellect to disaster and perdition. It is impossible to overcome these passions unless we rise above the attachment to food and possessions, to self-esteem that is inordinate self-love, and even to our very body, because it is through the body that the demons often attempt to attack us. So it's often through our senses that we are tempted to fall into sin. That's something to always to keep important, to keep in mind. The more we learn to educate our emotions, to educate our body, that helps us to be more, live more according to the spirit. St. Paul gets at this, where he talks about the flesh warring against the spirit. Not that our bodies are bad, but they exist in a fallen state. They have to be educated. All right, next part. I, I'm going to skip, I skip a couple of pages. I've said, so this is really interesting. He gets this idea, and this passage in the next one, he gets at this idea what is the synthesis or what's the process of sin? That is, where is sin found? Is it found in the object of things or in ourselves and in our subjective experience? This first passage gets at this idea that it's not found in the thing itself. So he says, just as it is possible to think of water both while thirsty and while not thirsty. So think about this for a second. Right now, I don't know about you. I'm not thirsty. I had a couple of cups of tea. So the thought of water doesn't fill me with thirst. It doesn't fill me with desire, right? So when I'm thinking about it, I'm not moved to act. All of the emotions move us to act in some way. So it is possible to think of gold with greed and without greed. That is right now, I could think about as a priest, fundraising. I could think of it in a way that elicits greed, but I could also think of it in a way 
that's in line with the Holy Spirit with reason, if I'm not possessive, if I'm not attached to it. Now there is some, there is some, um, we need to have a little bit of caution with this teaching. That is, we cannot say, for example, I could look at pornography and it's not a big deal as long as I'm not aroused. No, there's certain things that due to their nature, we should never look upon like, um, like the naked body outside of when we're, when we're with a spouse, if, if we're married, but for most things, most natural things like food, money, things that we experience on a day-to-day basis, we can be attached to them or not attached. All right. So the same applies to other things. Thus, if we can discriminate in this way between one kind of fantasy and another, that is one kind of use of our imagination and another, we can then recognize the artfulness of the demons. So what he's trying to get at is learning to pay attention to what's going on inside. When you imagine somebody, he says elsewhere, when you imagine someone's face, do you have strong emotions of hatred or even over attachments, like where they can do no wrong, where you live in a fantasy world? See, really... When, what, what needs to happen is we need to learn to educate our emotions so that they help us to do what is good, true, and beautiful, but ultimately that reason is driving the boat. So I want to jump in a little bit to the comments and just take a second. Um, I got a few comments on uh, TikTok. First of all, Eric, uh, Eric, uh, I'm not sure what the last name is. You know, priest, you, you need if you're interested in becoming a priest, you need to talk with a vocations director or a religious community. There is kind of like a process of discernment. Um, so that's something you can also um, DM me on TikTok and we can kind of see where you're at um, with that process. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the other people who joined. Uh, Awana, I haven't heard from you in a long time. I saw Keith at um S- last year at SLS I haven't we've never really met in person but I'm glad you you're able to tune in good to hear from you we haven't talked in like years or we haven't messaged in years Tom thanks for saying good afternoon Angela good to hear from you as well um let's see how long we've been on for now so we've been on for a few minutes let's see cool well let me get into one more passage and if there's any questions or comments at this point if you guys have questions um, oh, where am I reading from? Good to see. You know, one thing for the folks on TikTok is that it doesn't save. So you're going to have to go and check out if, um, um, so it, 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 we're going to, you have to go check out on YouTube as well. This will be on YouTube and everything else, but it's from the Philokalia. Um, it's a work of Eastern Orthodoxy. Um, you say if we as human always sins, I feel like a failure. You know, it's a little bit tricky. Actually, the, the awareness of our sinfulness, if it's the work of the Holy Spirit, should lead us to experience God's mercy. It's like, think about this. Have you ever gotten in trouble like with your parents or you ever done something wrong and your parents were really gentle and loving with you and you were like, oh man, even though I did bad, they've been patient and understanding. It gives you new confidence that they're always with you, right? So that's something to consider. Um, um, thank you. Thank you for the questions, guys. Um, let me get back into the text. If there's any other questions, feel free to throw them up on the screen. So I'm jumping towards the end of the text now. So this is really cool line. Um, let me find it. Uh, let's see. I got to find the part of it. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Suppose for an instant that a thought full of avarice is suggested to you. So avarice is greed. So he's talking about greed with gold and money. 
distinguish between the component elements. I love this part. When I first read this like 10 years ago, it was so clear. Um, and it really wasn't ever been explained outside of this, this clearly. He says, so distinguish the intellect that has accepted the thought. So there's the thought, which is immaterial. The intellection of the gold. Now he makes a distinction with intellection. It's kind of like the concept of the gold. So there's the thought of the gold. There's the concept of it, which is more the ideal that's within the mind. There's the gold itself and the passion, the emotion of avarice. Then ask, which of the, in which of these does the sin consist? Is it in the intellect? No. But how can the intellect be in the image of God? The mind and our reason is in the image of God. So it's not found within the intellect. Is it in the intellection of gold? By what sensible person could ever say that? So he's saying it would not be in the concept of things. Like in the concept of things, there's not sin. Then is it in the gold itself? In that case, why was it created? So God creates all things good. So sin is not found within the um, the within the, the, the gold itself. It follows then that the sin is in the fourth element, which is neither the objective reality nor the intellection of something real, but is certainly noxious pleasure, which once it is freely chosen, compels the intellect to muse, misuse what God has created. So where... The sin is, is in the disordered emotion and the disordered attachment. That is our love for it, a disordered love for gold. That's where the sin is. And this is often the case. And what he says is the more we come to this self-knowledge, the more we learn to sit back and understand and have spiritual insight, that also vexes the demons. That keeps the demons from from having sway over our hearts or even our fallen human nature from having undue influence. So I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Let me bounce back into the questions before I go. Um, if a Baptist invites you a friend there, to, is a sacrilege for you to attend? This is actually a difficult question about attending non-Catholic services. Um, I would say you have to be cautious. So first of all, if you go to a Baptist service on a Sunday, you could possibly, but you have to go to Mass. So going to a Baptist service does not fulfill your Sunday obligation. Also, you have to be aware that as much as like I have friends who are Baptists, I have Baptist minister friends, but we don't agree. And so the more you fill yourself with things that you don't agree with, you're going to be swayed by them. And of course, I want you to discover the truth. And I believe the truth is found in the Catholic faith. And I think that I'm not threatened by the idea of people hearing other ideas. There is a reality, though, that you have to listen primarily to good education. You have to be willing to explore the Catholic faith. So a one-off, like if your friend invites you, possibly it's okay to go. But if you're going every week and, you're, and you don't go to Mass, remember, if you miss Sunday Mass, right now it's a little bit different. But normally, in normal circumstances, if you miss Sunday Mass, it is a mortal sin. And you need to confess that before you receive communion. So to be aware of that as well. But thanks for the question. If you have any other further questions, you can send them in the direct message. Um, thanks, everybody who's tuned in. I think this is a good time to uh, kind of sign off. But thanks, everyone. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so you said, uh, can you explain covet and if you're buying something? So covetedness is disordered attachments. So you need to buy things. You need to sometimes work towards getting money. But it's the disorder. That is, you love things so much that they 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 take over your love um, and to the point of, of clouding your reason. Um, 
So we can talk about this more, guys. Tune in. You can also DM me. Thanks, everybody, on TikTok.